Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Osha. Let's start episode 367 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Leon. And uh, he writes, Girls worthy encourage street field to know three times more than she needed to about whatever she chose to write. Does it take three times the knowledge of music to be able to compose? So this question also is uh, taken from our correspondence with, with Leon. And he sent me a link to the biography of an English uh, author, Mary Noel Streetfield, who is best known for her children's book, including the shoes books. And um, this citation that John Galsworthy, English novelist and playwright, that wrote the Foresight Saga, uh, basically suggests that uh, Galsworthy recommended for uh, Streetfield uh, to read three times as much as she writes as an as a writer, right? To read more than you would write. It it makes sense actually, right? You cannot really uh, write anything of value if you are not knowledgeable about your field. You have to get expertise by reading many books. True, and you have to increase your vocabulary. I just wrote uh, to him that, for example, Voltaire recommended reading 100 books in order to be able to write one. So it was maybe a different area, different... Um, maybe background he was maybe talking about encyclopedic knowledge not necessarily life experiences uh, but uh, Leon is wondering about how it relates or, or translates to musical composition well it's obviously that since very early times Composers studied each other's music. Think about Jan Bach, what he did, you know, when he copied 
was course from his brother's library at night in secret. It means that it meant a lot to him and he learned a lot from those scores. Because can you imagine just rewriting by your hand, copying all those scores? It's a long process. And by this process, that was one of the main exercises to learn, copying others, sure. other composers' music. I think now we are missing this, 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 this much because we are not copying by hand. And sometimes it's it's probably would be a nice thing to copy something by hand. I actually did. Just I, to really internalize it. I copied the C major invention by Bach, taken not from modern edition but from his handwriting, mm-hmm. just for fun, you know. Like like Pamela is also very Pamela Reuter Finstrom, our former professor, is very enthusiastic about copying by hand uh, so she she knows the value because she did the research about Bach and improvisation so then I thought maybe I could also try you know copying just one to see I didn't, you know, noticed any miracles happening right away, but maybe that's because it was just a single piece. <laughs> you need to write down, you know, to rewrite to copy all of his intentions. Anyway, yes. now I think it's you no. Know, we have all this modern technique that allows us to copy easily things. Too easily. Yes, too mm-hmm. easily. Things get um, too fast for us. Yes. But now I think that it would be very beneficial if many young composers would, you know, try to study other composers as well, not just create their own music, because what is happening right now in Lithuania, maybe in other countries too, that there are so much more people who are creating music and composing music, that it's sort of like a new fashion. Really? Really. Because, because like in our school, earlier we would have very little students who would study composition. But now it's almost almost like a, I don't know, infectious disease. You mean like a fashion? Yes, like a fashion. Let's say if you are incapable of playing instrument well or you... I am capable of doing something in the music well. Oh, okay, I'll be a composer. That's a new fashion, and it's just too bad. It it makes me really sick and upset, and I think it's a very, very, very bad thing. Very bad tendency. You know what they say, Osha? Those who cannot play, create. Those who cannot create, teach. (laughs) Those who cannot teach, criticize. Well, I guess there might be some part of true in each of the saying, and maybe not entirely true, but 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 there is something true about it. And you know, I cannot force myself to perform a music, let's say, by a contemporary so-called composer that I cannot respect. That I know that, let's say, he or she or whatever, no, cannot do something for themselves in the music. Because I know instances when, for example, people who has no, 
or I would say a man who has no musical pitch mm-hmm. composes. And believe me, I have heard these stories uh, both in the United States and in Lithuania as well. Mm-hmm. Because now we have all these wonderful technologies, all these musical, you know, systems, Sibelius, and so on and so forth, that any of us can compose. It's a double-edged sword or knife. But do I really need to spend my time, to waste my time of learning a composition that is written by somebody that, you know... Cannot perform. True. Cannot play. And cannot hear what, what he or she writes. Uh-huh. Uh, by, by hearing, you mean that they need to play back the music to them in order to hear it. They, they don't hear it inside their head. Not only that. I'm not talking only about inner pitch. I'm talking about musical pitch at all. Really? Yes, in general. So it's serious then? It's very serious. <laughs> and it's, it's, really, it's really serious. So... Now, when talking about contemporary composers, you really need to select carefully that you wouldn't waste time, you know, for worthless music. I'm sorry to say it, but so it is. At least that's my point of view. Wouldn't you think that that people... Um, somehow should uh, you're not talking about uh, people uh, you're not suggesting for people to stop creating no you are you are advocating for people to start um, developing other skills in their vocabulary that they could actually understand the music they are creating and uh, even sometimes perform, if it's their instrument, of course. Well, because if you would look at the back of the musical history, all the great composers were performances as well, and we started by performing other composers' music and studying other composers' music. Mm-hmm. And now, these, you know, some of these young composers that we cannot play, <laughs> that we haven't studied, you know, enough other compositions, we start to create music of their own. You mean like reinvent the yes. wheel? Yes. They don't know what came before them and they think oh I have a clever idea nobody else had it before and maybe I will be unique. Well be honest by now I think all all those you know possibilities are almost exhausted mm-hmm. and if you do something you know a little bit more crazier than another it doesn't mean anything at least for me. Because, you know, trying to compose without having this good musical education, all this understanding about, you know, musical history, about other composers, not having any skills of yourself, it's like building a house from the roof. Maybe what hasn't been done enough is to create music out of combinations of various different elements. Um, For example, let's say you like the genre of, of the fugue. But fugues have been written a thousands and thousands of times before. It's nothing new. But you could, you know, take another genre and combine it with the fugue. And maybe it, it, has, been, it has been done also. 
So maybe you need three things to mix in, 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 this, in this pot to be at least partly, you know, original. What do you think, Osha? Yes, I think it's 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 a good thing. But that. for this to happen, just like Leon says, or Galsworthy, you need to be knowledgeable about other other works that came before you and read a lot. And basically, side read a lot, uh, study other works, so that you could. Uh, uh, take those elements with your within reason, you know. Yes, Na- and you know what I'm talking and criticizing in this podcast. You know, I don't think it applies. Let's see for let's see for a church musician. Let's say you are an organist, and you, you really need to have a new hymn composed or any kind of composition for your liturgical works. You can easily do that because you know you know what you really need. And it's, I think, very fine, and I encourage people of doing that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we really need to know good, you know, liturgical works right away, and we know what, let's see, our choir is capable of singing, or what we are able to play, or what our congregation likes. But I'm talking about that sort of very high professional composers who pretend to be very high professionals. Academic. And, yes, academic, and who you know create sort of non nonsensical piece and want to push it to international festival to be performed, let's say, by a great orchestra. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about these kind of things. Right. I'm talking that, you know, nowadays maybe, you know, ambitions of some young composers are way too high for, let's say, the beginners. But you know what I, I can, uh, I can relate a little, at least a little bit, partially. I can understand a little bit why they are ignoring other composers, other works of previous generations, because they want to be original, right? That's and uh, that's the thing that matters: novelty, originality, uniqueness. And they feel that everything was created. And um, so, so it's better even not to bother with, with old stuff and start from scratch in their mind. That's that's how they think. Maybe. I'm not telling that you have to copy, you know, old composers. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm meaning, you know, and that's not what I'm telling. I'm just telling that before, you know, composing your own, you need to know that history. It will enrich your understanding about things. Definitely, yeah. Uh, because I think it's very fascinating that if you think about music, that it's only 12 different notes. And all that music was made and created out of only 12 notes. It's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, if you know the history of music, you can better be equipped of creating the future of music. True. Because I really think that you know, music needs to have substance. It needs to have its form. But again, this is within reason. I know one professor in Musical Academy in Lithuania who is, you know, pro- 
probably world-class expert in, in musical history and musical theory in general, analysis. He, and, um, you know, he knows everything that there is to know. And he is, you know, already in his 70s, I, be, I believe. And only a few years ago he started to compose. Because he said uh, to one of his students, now I know everything and now I'm ready to create. Which is kind of crazy to me. Well, I think that that preparation time for composing for every person is so different. But waiting until you I are think, 70. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Why? Well, sometimes it's enough to write one genial composition for people to remember you. But don't you think that this professor knew enough to start with, like 20, 30 years ago? Well, you just can do whatever you want with your life. You cannot do something with others' life. You cannot enforce people to do what you want. Silence. Let's listen to the snow. This is snow. <laughs> Chewing up my words. Because I don't think he likes them so much. I'm just saying that... Um, no, you cannot influence others, of course. You're right. And you can do influence. You can try to do influence, but you cannot force them to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think when you want to make influence for somebody, you need to... To find subtle ways to do it, rather than push no forward. Let me then clarify then a little bit my thought. I think that that particular professor didn't create music uh, not because he wasn't knowledgeable enough to begin with, maybe decades ago, but maybe he had another reason. He was telling official reason. And he had another true reason. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Probably yes. That's more plausible explanation. Sure. Right? Because why did he start now? Maybe even... Maybe now he has more free time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because some people cannot create when we are under pressure of you know, all kinds of activities. Work, increasing family, doing all kinds of stuff. And maybe now it's no time in his life when he can you know, do it and enjoy it. Okay, guys, we hope this was useful to you. Please send us your questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, 
I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are worth teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.